What's up, everyone? How you doing? Welcome to Motorcycle Madhouse. We're going to be having a special guest on. But first, man, some of the stuff that uh, we're going to be talking about later on in the interview after everything goes down is we're going to be talking about confidential informants, people that are out bad and the consequences it brings. Yes, I know we are a little early but, hey, we got a lot of guys in the chat room right now, so I wanted to make sure to get out there and uh, get this sucker going. What's up, Mr. Perfect? But we're going to roll that intro. In your face, all over the place. We're online. 24-7. 24-7. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Motorcycle Madhouse on Spotify and iTunes Radio. So, how's everybody doing during this damn freaking coronavirus thing, man? You guys out there freaking uh, staying good, staying freaking safe, I hope. Getting a lot of ride time in as well, man. But today we have a very special guest, and he is going to be, he has been doing a lot on uh, Facebook, but he has now come over to YouTube, and that is Miklo One Percenter. How you doing, Miklo? What's up, Hollywood? How you doing? Eh, pretty good, man. How you guys doing over there, man? You guys staying safe? Yeah, doing the best we can, you know. Rock and roll, man. So everybody knows. Let me know your deal, man, and uh, all that good stuff, how you got started on YouTube, on uh, Facebook, the whole nine yards. Uh, my name is Miklo, one percenter. I'm a founding member and a chapter president of Los Perros MC. And I'm a lead administrator on MC for Life. That's our Facebook page that uh, me and a few of my brothers put together uh, about a year and a half, two years ago. Uh, and, you know, we just want to bring positivity to the MC world. We want to help bring around positive change in any way we can. Rock and roll, man. That's uh, good stuff there. Uh, what do you think about what's going on in the scene right now, man? I know I uh, see it all the time from you. You know, I I do follow you a lot, man. I watch what you're putting out there. And it's great that uh, somebody else is trying to put out the the positive in the scene. I know with us on Biker News, man, we're always uh, usually in the negative stuff. But again, you know, the news is the news. Yeah. We, uh, you know, most of all, we want people, clubs, to try to keep an open mind to positive change. Uh, you know, protocol has stayed the same for a long time in many aspects, but in other aspects, it has adapted and changed when it had to. You look at people like J.R. Reed, you know, things got ugly in the 90s, and he, you know, did what he did, and it helped the MC world. So the MC world can change and adapt when it has to, and I just want people to keep an open mind when it comes to positive change. Well, you bring up uh, J.R. Reed now. For those that don't know J.R. is, uh, he was the former national for the Sons of Silence Motorcycle Club. J.R. is one of the best of the best leaders out there that ever came to the MC world before he passed away. And like you said, uh, he got real tired of all the fighting within the MC, and he actually... Uh, help start NCOM and J.R. Reed is one of those guys that 
many of today's you know motorcycle club members should really look to and even the leadership should be looking to the examples that jr reed set because it was some tough times back in the 1970s man when them vietnam boys were coming back home they, they taught us you know taught my generation a thing or two and i think it's our you know my fault that our well, not my fault but my generation you know didn't pass it along like they did but you know, he really got together with uh, some of the clubs because when they were worn back then, man, they were worn. It was hardcore back then. Right. And, you know, getting yeah. the NCOM started, uh, you know, everybody knows. I don't know if you guys are, but, uh, you know, I really support NCOM and its mission. Uh, by the way, the convention for N NCOM mm -hmm. has been canceled for May. It's moving back to August, I believe, so I'll uh, be able to get that information. But, uh, you know, what steps do you think, uh, you know, since you brought up JR, that uh, really made an impact on the way things are done now? I totally look up to JR as a leader, uh, you know, and some of the things he did that I think uh, helped create positive change was, as you mentioned, he helped start the income, uh, you know, and he was willing to take a peaceful approach to things instead of just jumping in head first into war situations, you know, and uh, I think people could benefit from, you know, thinking that way, uh, you know, because it's, it's only going to take a few more Waco and Cleveland type incidents before, I mean, they're going to outlaw riding with patches on altogether, you know, so we really got to get shit into gear right now. Mm, so right. they can change well, you're right, man. A couple more Wacos and another Cleveland or something, especially what's going on now. You know, the DOJ actually denies it, but, you know, during this crisis, they were trying to get emergency powers to hold you and detain you without trial, you know, basically going against your uh, Fourth Amendment rights. And yeah. the government don't need much freaking, uh, you know, cause to go after you and motorcycle clubs. And I like I'll talk about later on in the show after the interview about confidential informants. They're everywhere, man. And, you know, I look at, you know, I bring up that uh, this is just an example of how they are, you know, just a quick peek into uh, what I'm going to be talking about. That And this ain't even biker related. This has to do with Lori Laughlin. She's an actress and charged in that co college bribery scandal. And it turns out the feds were, t you know, coaxing the witness not to tell them the truth of where this money was going to. So they'd bribe them. You know, they put it, they arrest mm. them for bribery. That is how far right. the government will go. And motorcycle clubs, and you bring up a good point. They got to start realizing this, man. Technology nowadays, you can't do what you could do in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. That's right. You know. That's right. Law enforcement is treacherous. Yeah. They're freaking, uh, the ruthless uh, freaking, uh, especially with the technology now. But what kind of things with protocol, you know, as a one percenter, uh, do you think need to be changed? Well, like we had an incident recently here in my state, Virginia, where uh, a club rolled up on another club at a gas station and they thought that their patch looked too much like a diamond. So they had them publicly remove their patches 
And little did they know, the woman who had created these patches was very well connected. So they kind of, you know, grabbed the rattler by the tail and, you know, doing that publicly humiliating these people, you know, and that's just, I think that they could have handled that a lot better. You know, we, there are righteous 1% clubs out there that just rise above it. They're not out there rolling gas station to gas station, looking at people's patches and trying to cause confrontations like that. And I think, you know, certain clubs could, should look at the better example being set by clubs like that, you know, and just, uh, are you are are you talk are you talking about the example that uh, Big Kaz gave? Uh, the incident here in Virginia was uh, uh, Big Cell did a big. Oh role. yeah, not Big Kaz. My fault. I don't know why I got Big Kaz on, but Big Cell. I just seen uh, Big Cell yeah. came back, so I I was just I got confused. I just watched a video on him, but go ahead. It was Big Cell, guys. Yeah, love Big Cell. Big Cell, that's one of my closest brothers right there. Yeah, um, you know what? I really love his. I uh, love his channel, man. He really. You know what? You can yeah. always tell the people that get real. It's because they're not going to sugarcoat anything for you. They're, you know, Big Cell does it. The, I think the same way I do is straight down the middle. If the clubs are cool, cool. If the clubs right. are wrong, we're going to call that crap out. You know, I do get a lot of phone exactly. calls from motorcycle clubs. Hey, why are you doing this? Well, why are you doing that? You know, go ahead. Right. Somebody's got to have the balls to do it, man. And I'm glad you do. You know, it, it makes a big difference. So um, I think that one other thing that clubs, big clubs need to, you know, try to think about is uh, creating assets instead of liabilities. You know, I, for example, us, we are a relatively new 1% club and there are a lot of 1% clubs out there that have treated us awesome from day one. And with them, I mean, they have our absolute loyalty. They've created total assets in us and other clubs out there that have, you know, tried to bully us or extort us because we're a newer club. I mean, we look at them as enemies, you know? So I think it's just being tactical tactical and smart you know mm. clubs need to cooler heads prevail i think you know well you know one thing uh with all the new technology and i you know talk about this all the time uh and this is one of the reasons i say go to riding clubs or social clubs whatever is why sure. would you want to put your members in a position to where they're going to go to prison over snatching a patch because, you know, again, this ain't the past decades where, you know, a lot of people keep their mouth shut. Nowadays, they run straight to the cops. Right. So why right. why, you know, you why put your people in jeopardy? Right. You mentioned undercovers. There are groups of undercovers out there trying to trick large 1% clubs into you know, stating this is our territory, you're going to do what we say or we're going to hurt you because that's actually a RICO predicate. It falls under the bracket of extortion in the RICO statute. And uh, there are groups of undercovers out there throwing 1% diamonds on their, you know, vests and walking around trying to provoke big clubs into, you know, threatening them so that they can hit them with a RICO. It's, it's not like it was a few decades ago. You said it. Right. Well, you know, that's exactly right. See, we got some people that are on uh, YouTube as creators. One was an undercover cop. Now, this can tell everybody how different it is today compared to the way it was. Uh, decades ago, when I even first came in, 
they wouldn't be on YouTube right now. <laughs> they'd be they'd be hiding out or something like that. They wouldn't come right out because times have changed. You know, the clubs of the past are the clubs of the past, and they would have you know he would have been out in a river or something uh, if they knew where he was. But right. now you can't do that stuff because. <laughs> forensics is nasty <laughs> it's hard to get away with that crap and that's right. how they were able to get on and talk this stuff now i know there's a lot of people that you know well hollywood you know some cops are good some are bad yes this is true i gotta say yes it's true even though i won't have a beer with them you know then he, then they go well you support firefighters and da 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 well you know what i love my firefighters man uh i and i have to oh, say yeah. I really support the Border Patrol and ICE. You know, yeah, they they're, they wear badges and stuff, but I support the hell out of them. So I'm not bashing everybody. Right. It's just growing up in Chicago, man, I've seen some shady crap out of cops, man. And if you guys don't believe it, you know, just go ahead and come to Chicago and see for yourself. Get into some business, and they'll have their hands out for you. But that's another thing that, you know, a lot of people don't realize is you're putting your people in real danger doing some serious prison time. And when you're putting right. people into uh, serious prison time, you're opening up the club to confidential informants. You know, you know absolutely. It's unreal. Um, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I think, uh, I, I think that, you know, there are countless, parts of, of protocol that, that should stay around forever, that should be timeless. You know, I, I love the 1% culture, you know, 100%. And, but part of that culture, I do think, is being able to adapt when you have to, you know. And, and we've done it before, and, you know, I think we're going to have to do it again nowadays. Right. Well, you know what? Like you um, mentioned at the I beginning love- of the show, man, J.R. Reed, he set the example of how to change. Right. That's right. You know, Jr. was something else, yeah. you know, you know, talking to some people that knew him. And it's like, damn, man, you know, some of them older tramps. My God, were they smarter? <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. Either. Yeah. Um, you know, and like I said, I, I, I love the, the old school 1% culture. And I, I just want to see it stay around forever. I don't want to see it become contaminated and you know destroyed by by today's you know times uh you know so i think it's important to strategically do what we have to do as a culture to survive and while preserving the important parts of the culture Mm -hmm. exactly and that's kind of the stuff that you talk about on your channel now right yes rock on yeah like uh for example uh, you know, one of the most recent videos I did is how to start a 1% club the right way, the respectful way, while still standing your ground. You know, it is possible to stand your ground and but still remain respectful and, you know, not be spitting in other club spaces necessarily. You know what I mean? And like with us, for example, that's, you know, taken us a long way. It, you know, a lot of clubs have a lot of respect for us because we do stand our ground, but we remain respectful all the way. And it's important for people to know the difference that, you know, standing your ground doesn't necessarily mean stepping on toes and, you know, being disrespectful. Right. Um, 
Yeah, so that's, you know, that's an example. That's the most recent video I did. That's the type of content I plan on bringing. Mm. Well, it's nice that, you know, some more one percenters are going out uh, on uh, creation to get their side of the story out. Uh, I know a lot of the bigger clubs, uh, I hear from them off the side, but they can't come on the air because they're vipers, man. They really are. They're vipers. They'll twist it and turn it. Uh, when a club does come out and try to give their side of the story, they try editing it out just to make it look bad. And that, you know, that's ridiculous. So that's why I'm glad that, you know, we're getting more creators where clubs can come out, give their side of the story. Because let's face it, man, uh, guys like me, Black Dragon, and uh, the other channels, we actually got bigger audiences. Uh, I know th- I know through our radio show on Spotify and iTunes that we reach a hell of a lot yeah. of freaking people. And they're able to get it out there the way it needs to get out there. But uh, that media is just messed up, if you ask me. And what you're talking about uh, with the evolving, it's just like the dinosaurs. You don't evolve, man. You're not going to be here much longer. And I think it all really started with the profiling with Waco. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, We have a chapter in Texas, and they they are really under the thumb of law enforcement down there. Law enforcement is all over everybody. If you're wearing a patch down there, it's, it's rough. Oh, yeah, uh, man. It's like the epicenter yeah, it, it, of motorcycle profiling down there. Absolutely. Yeah, I saw that video you did uh, on the media. They uh, they twisted around that story about the people drinking the fish cleaner or whatever, fish tank cleaner. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're out there saying, yeah. well, this is his fault or that fault. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, you find out that it was fish cleaner, man. But they just totally twisted that right. story. <laughs> Right, yeah, and that's what that. that's what a lot of clubs face, yeah. man. <laughs> that's right, that's right. That's you know, and uh, what they'll do is they'll sensationalize the violence, and then, for example, like the Waco, you know, all those guys ended up getting let out, but that that was far less sensationalized than the actual original story itself. You know, the average Joe citizen he only knows about the. Waco shootout. He doesn't know that all the guys ended up getting out of prison. You know what I mean? Well, right, because they didn't cover the releases. You know, if it wasn't uh, for Popeye and the Confederation of Clubs down there, uh, that could have had a worse outcome for all those that got arrested. And they didn't cover the part in Waco where I think it was four or five guys got shot by the cops, man. It was was a turkey shoot. They didn't get ballistics, none of that stuff. They covered that stuff up. And, you know, people, you know, were outraged at the time and Popeye and all them got together and started freaking, they got the biker movement in. They ended up beating Reyna, who was a freaking incumbent, and it's almost impossible to beat him as it is, but routed him by 20 points. So that's what happens when the clubs come together. Yeah, exactly. Right. We got to be three steps ahead of the law enforcement in the media. You know, that's, they're, they're already on us and they're, you know, they'll, they'll do anything to tarnish clubs reputations altogether. So yeah, we got to be three steps ahead of them and we got to work together. Right. Right. Well, you know, what do you think about uh, the new age of uh, biker motorcycle club member coming in? I hear a lot of complaints about, 
you know, the bangers are coming in the scene and that's why this is happening. You know, I came through, you know, the banger yeah. scene, but I don't, you know, uh, I just think they're a lot more uh, faster to TCB than the older guys were. What's your thought on uh, bangers coming in? Right. Well, I think that, you know, I was part of a street game myself for many years, and I think it's it's a pretty common thing for, you know, somebody to kind of grow out of the, you know, street gang mentality and, you know, seek brotherhood, want to seek brotherhood, but something different than the gang itself. So, but with me and with other people I've seen, I think the most important thing is to have a strong, positive mentor, somebody to sponsor you and, you know, teach you the ways of this world that it is different. You know, um, I think, I think there's a lot of new types of uh, bikers coming onto the scene. I think there's lazy people a lot that are coming in and they, you know, it gives people like us a bad name, people like my club, because here we are trying to, you know, do everything the right way. And there are other people coming onto the scene, just throwing on patches and trying to circumvent the system, you know, and they don't know anything about anything. They don't know the history of the 1% culture whatsoever, you know, and uh, I think that it's important for young people, new people to the motorcycle world to, study as much history as humanly possible and to, you know, get friends, find some sort of a friend or mentor that has lived this life for many years that can actually teach you. You know, I've been so blessed to have friends like Black Dragon and, you know, uh, my brother Mikey One Percenter uh, and a lot of others, you know, and that I think isn't to be underestimated. I think that's one of the most important aspects of coming on to this scene, coming into this world, is uh, being ready to learn, being a sponge, being ready to sponge up all the information you can. Right, <clears throat> right. Well, you know, you, know, you, you said something yeah. really interesting, man. A lot, and you know, this goes towards protocol, is a lot of people don't understand why the established clubs get so upset with these new clubs that just pop on something and the truth is these clubs went through hell man you know they put their work in they went through the hang around they went through the probate uh phase the whole nine yards and then you got somebody that just pops on patches because they don't want to go through that process and then they get the attitude well the constitution guarantees me this and guarantees me that they have no ideal and you know how can they even have pride in their patches if you know they didn't go through all the prospect stuff right right well you know and that's the thing is if they're throwing on patches that's that's the reason that like 90 percent of these new clubs fail so quickly because they will get put through trials and tribulations. I mean, whether they want to or not, that's the funny part about it is they're trying to avoid prospecting, but little do they know by putting on those patches and just rolling out without permission, they're going to have to go to war, you know, in, in many instances. And, uh, you know, going to war, you know, risking your life every time you ride on your motorcycle is a hell of a lot worse than prospecting. You know? right. so or, going, or, going th- or going through, uh, you know, going through the regular. I don't understand why they don't. And this is just me. I don't understand yeah. why they'll pop on colors, do it all that way. All they're going to be doing is in their backyard, hiding out. Why not go to your right. dominant 
get to know them, do it that way. Next thing you know, you're you're around 30 different clubs. You're at the parties. You're you know you're doing the rides. Why not just do it that yeah, way? I, I don't think, get it. Well, I think what has discouraged a lot of clubs nowadays is that the word has gotten out there that they have just flat out said no to so many clubs by right now. Um, that when you, the thing is, there are different blessings from different clubs. For example, like uh, there's a club out there that is a very well-known club from California that actually blesses in 1% clubs. You can be a club blessed in by them and you can wear a 1% patch if they deem you worthy. And most other clubs that give blessings, like a couple of clubs here in my state, for example, the only type of blessing they'll give you is if you're going to be a full-on support outfit of theirs, which means, right. like, you're, you're theirs forever, you, you know. They, and basically what it is with that is if you become their support outfit, the only road is to that patch, that ultimate, you know, whatever club you're supporting, that's as high as you can go to get it, you go to that patch. So... You know, I do believe in building a new club. You should have the right to build a new club, but I think that it's mega important to do it the right way and do it the respectful way. And, you know, because the way a lot of these people are doing it nowadays is kind of a spit in the face. They don't know anything about anything. They don't know any history. They don't know any protocol. And they just throw these patches on. Um, and it, it, it makes it harder for people that do want to, do it the right way and you know that what happened is that this show sons of anarchy came out and uh basically flooded these dominants basically <laughs> these dominants i mean i can kind of understand where they're coming from because you know they're getting like a club a week going up and saying we want to build a club we want to build a club so after you know after several thousand clubs they eventually just started saying no in a lot of areas Right. You know, so well, you know, it's now, funny why you're talking about that, Miklo. I just got somebody who just said, so basically motorcycle clubs are fascists. What do you think of something like that? I disagree. I don't think, uh, I I don't even know why somebody would say that. I don't get, I don't understand the comparison between fascism and a motorcycle club. Well, I guess what they don't understand is especially on the local level the cops know who the dominant is and there's two parts to this and this right. is why they're not fascist i'm afraid i can't do that uh whoever that is uh there's two parts of that one the cops are going to blame the one percent dominant for everything that goes down with any of the clubs in the area because they know traditional protocol that they're going to go to that, uh, that dominant so when a club does not and they go out there and be uh freaking jerk tards next thing you know the cops yeah. are all over to one percenters and the one percenters don't even know what's going on that's one of the reasons they right. do it and secondly is john q citizen does not know the difference between say the 81 aoa uh so uh S, any of them to a club that just popped up they don't know the difference so they automatically right. say well That's it right. was this club and next thing you know you got more heat coming on you know and uh, right. you know fascism is right. uh controlling people from the threat of violence we already know that 
You know, but, you know, motorcycle clubs is not about fascism. It's not about that crap. And that's one of the misconceptions out there. Right. Well, you know, and that's, I think, why it's so important for these larger older clubs to inspire loyalty with, uh, you know, by treating people the right way. Because some of these older, larger clubs, they are, man, they, 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 Pretty much they show up and they just are barking out what it's going to be. They don't want to hear anything about anything, and it's their way or the highway. And if you don't do exactly what they say, they're going to hurt you. And I I think those are the guys that do need to keep an open mind to, you know, like I said, there have been multiple 1% clubs that have treated us right. And, man, I would jump in front of a bullet for those dudes, man. But these other, some of these other clubs that have tried to bully us, I mean, they're our enemies, you know, mm. so it's. It's every action gets an equal and opposite reaction. Right. Well, you know know what's funny? A lot of people ask me about the one percenter clubs. Everybody know where I came from. Everybody knows who I support. You know, I support Midwestern clubs, you know, uh, the ones based in Chicago, the ones based in uh, Denver, Iowa and all that type of stuff. Because they they're working class people. They don't you can approach them. And you can go talk to them. They're some of the best freaking guys in the world. But, you know, West Coast and East Coast are different. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I love them. I love the the boys out of Chicago. They're some of the most righteous people you could ever meet. Absolutely. Uh, You know, that's somebody who taught me most of what I know is somebody out of that organization. Just as righteous as it gets. True brotherhood to the core. You're damn right it is, man, and I know who you're talking about, but, uh, you know, those are the type yeah. of guys you jump in, give your life for. There are some hard, hardcore working people, man, uh, and I got to say, out of Chicago, that's why there's so, I'm actually going to be doing an interview with uh, the Chicago Confederation of Clubs. That's why it's so tight in that confederation is because they are so they're they're outstanding freaking guys and that goes for not only Chicago but uh you know JR's old uh you know crew they're awesome people that's all yeah. I can say that they're down the earth it's I know who you're talking about on the west and the east coast and mainly they, right. they need to get it together cuz they're the ones destroying right. the damn lifestyle and I'm not afraid to say it Right. You're absolutely right. I, I did a post uh, recently where I the picture I did was of a guy uh, hitting a guy with a bat from behind at a gas pump. And it, it was an incident that happened here on the East Coast. I, you probably know about it. Oh, yeah, uh, we covered it. You know, that's the type of Yeah, you know, I mean, that's just cowardly to me. Five guys on one little old guy like that. And just that's the type of shit that fucks everything up for everybody, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, That that turns independent bikers against clubs in a heartbeat, that kind of stuff. And you know what? That is a coward move, man. That's a, you know, I ain't going to even swear. You know, I got to calm down on uh, this uh, platform, but uh, I wish I can get it because I have to transfer (laughs) this over to radio. But that's some coward-ass shit. Let's just put it straight, man. You you need five guys to beat up on an old guy? Give me a break, man. That's just like that thing down in uh, Texas where it took 20 to beat up two. Come on. That's right. Yep. Yep, I know about that one too. That's total coward. Absolutely. That's some coward um, ass shit. And know, then so, people wonder why I support the Midwest clubs. I really do. I because right. they're not like that. 
they're right. they're That's the true right. old honor. school, I believe. Honor. But you know, other people have their support stuff. But you know, it is what it is. Go ahead. I agree. I you know, there's there's some clubs that I I say they got it right. That's how I describe it. Is and, and you know, the clubs out of the midwest definitely i mean they are some of the oldest clubs out there you know they they were that's where harley davidson comes from is the midwest you know and uh they they were the original people that rebelled against the ama back when the ama was trying to shove a one-way system down everybody's throat these were the guys that rebelled against that one-way system and in my opinion became the first one percenter right um and they are just as righteous as it gets yeah well, you know, not only Chicago, we're talking Wisconsin or Florida or, you know, Iowa or Colorado, them clubs, they're actually welcoming, man. You know, because there's a lot of times right. where I'll hear from people, you know, I tried to go to an open house, but it felt so tense. Uh, you know, I don't believe in right. that stuff. And you know what? There's other clubs like the Chosen Few that I really like, you know, some really nice fucking down-to-earth guys are in the chosen few as well on the West Coast. Then you got East Bay Dragons and, of course, Black Sabbath. Those are the type of clubs that really uh, set the example within the MC scene is Midwest and the ones I uh, talked about. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. They're approachable, like you said, you know, and that that counts for a lot. Some of these other clubs, like the club that was involved in that incident that I did the post on with the picture at the gas pump, I mean, those dudes, man, they can be pretty pretty brutal, you know, and it's, it makes all the difference in the world. I mean, I understand if you want to have an introverted, tight-knit club, etc., but bullying people, it's like I said, every action gets an equal and opposite reaction, and that's what people need to keep in mind. Well, you, you know, know, another thing that the clubs need to keep in mind is that it ain't like it used to be, man. You go up and there's some guys that are were bangers and stuff like that. They're not going to take that crap. They're going to pull out a gun and shoot you right between the eyes. It is not like it used right. to be. <laughs> you know, I know a lot of people That's complain about the uh, bangers coming up, but, hey, it's a lot different breed. <laughs> right. That's right, and you know that's what I worry about the most for some of these clubs that are out there, you know, rolling gas station to gas station, checking everybody's patches. Is you know what happens when they roll up on the wrong group of guys, and bam, there's the next Waco, you know, and it's gonna right. clamp down on all of us, you know. I I ride with my patches on almost every single day, and you know I I don't want to have to deal with getting pulled over a block from my house every time I leave my house, and that. You know, that could very easily become the case. That's the case in Texas, from what I hear. And, uh, it, you know, it, it, any uh, place where the next incident like that happens, that's how it's going to end up being. And, you know, that's what I'm trying to... I'm trying to spread positivity and spread, you know, positive change so that we can avoid stuff like that. I just want to see this culture live forever and prosper. Right. Now, you know what, we, you know, other one, you know, we've had some one percenters, uh, mostly on the East and West Coast, uh, you know, they complain about us, well, you know, because we're a biker news publication, man, that's what we do is biker news. As a one percenter, what's your thoughts about how we cover the news, man? Do you think we should keep it under wraps or you think we should go straight through the middle and uh, cut it both ways, you know, their side, uh, the club's side, and hey, if the clubs are in the news, they're in the news. 
Hey, I watch your show every day. I'm a huge fan. I watch it because it is not biased, because I know I'm going to get the truth, and I I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, if if clubs mess up, then they got to be ready to, you know, face the music. You know, it's it, if your club is out there doing stupid shit, you know, and, and you get caught and it, you know, that it's going to get reported on. And I, I, I mean, that's dishonest media. There's nothing worse than that. It's the truth is the right way to go. Every time I, I wouldn't change a thing about your show. I watch it every day. Man, I appreciate that, man. I really do. You know, I do know that people get upset. Hey, you know, it sounds like you're skewing one way or another when actually, you know, I am present. You know, I got to cover since, you know, we're part of a uh, news association. I got to cover to one side. And I always give clubs the opportunity uh, to get theirs either out in a statement, uh, you know, off the record comments right. and all that good stuff. But if we're being biased, you know, there's some sites out there the clubs can do no wrong. Well, if we take up that position, then that ain't helping the scene as a whole. That's right. That's right. You got to be straightforward. I I do. I I love that part about your show that you always give clubs the opportunity to call in and do interviews that anytime any club is involved in any type of story. I mean, I would totally take advantage of that. If I was a club involved in a news story and, you know, you were covering it and gave the opportunity to call in and give our side of the story, I would totally take advantage of that. Well, Um, yeah, like I said before, you know, our platform reaches probably 10 times, you know, the people throughout all our platforms, 10 times what a local news station uh Yes, but you know i think that's important yeah. to cover it correctly but i also think what you're doing and you know as a one percenter getting into your own deal is it gives perspective to those that are going to start following you and it's coming from a club member's point of view see you know you're pushing that you know you want the scene to be positive and stuff like that where we cover biker news and I push riding clubs and social clubs and the reason why I do that is most people are not freaking ready to get into a club I just don't right. believe they are I've seen a lot of them on the street and it's like really you want to you know just join a club you don't even know who they are <laughs> <laughs> right Absolutely, absolutely. The, 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 your average Joe should definitely work his way up from riding club. I'm totally in agreement with that for sure. Well, the one of the first yeah. things yeah. I'm or, saying or, is because clubs ride deuce. If you don't know them, how the frick are you gonna ride next to them? You know, you, you got to know who the riding skill is, or if you're gonna go out there and back right. somebody, how are you gonna do it if you don't know them? Most of these people just want to go straight to the freaking. Uh, probate period or they want to get a patch right away and you don't even know them that's right you know (laughs) and you know like for example if you're not that proficient of a rider man i've seen uh i've seen brand new hangarounds at the very back of the pack cause some pretty gnarly accidents man and you don't want to be that guy you know (laughs) right uh, it's you know you you definitely want to take your time coming into this world Uh, yeah and learn as much as you can and uh you know, yeah, go, taking the route of a riding club or even a support club uh, before just trying to delve right into the, the pros, you know? Right. Well, you know, the support clubs, yeah. uh, you know, are the best. Uh, 
You know, you don't got, and most people yeah. don't understand what one percenters, man. You got a lot of money into it, a lot of time. Uh, if you want to be around a right. lot of great guys, go support club, man. If you're going to do anything like that, uh, you know, Absolutely. just got to get yeah. prepared, man. But I really like your material where you're saying, you know, let's try to get along. Let's try to do it the right thing. And you pointed out the regions, man. You were smack dab on the regions and I try not to mention it anymore because I get the headaches trust me I get headaches uh, you know and I, it's mostly <laughs> the damn supporters I get the headaches from uh, but one thing I really do appreciate you bringing up was J.R. Reed man uh, if you guys do not know who J.R. is you don't know your damn history when it comes to a motorcycle club he was one of the most influential uh uh, people behind NCOM and I will be doing uh, an interview with uh, a representative from NCOM because I really want to freaking uh, dispel this crap that you have to pay street tax to the NCOM that is the biggest BS that I've ever heard <laughs> yeah yeah, that is awesome, man. I, I can't wait to tune into that show. Yeah, you know he's a real good guy and uh <sighs> the stuff that gets started from people that actually don't know and that's why one of the other reasons why I can't stand cops on YouTube talking about motorcycle clubs yeah. for one they were they were infiltrators two they don't like clubs three they'll say whatever they can to uh you know make clubs look bad and one of them things is right. the street tax and next thing you know these people look uh you know, at these videos, and they're saying, oh, wait a second, you know, the clubs, they charge street tax, you know, the one percenters make all the money, you know, that's BS, man, <laughs> you know, they got club, right. they got all kinds of clubs down the Christian clubs on their boards, man, so, <laughs> that's right, that's right, that's right, absolutely, but, yeah, those income is a very positive thing, for sure, you know, and, uh, you know, everybody, one good thing about income is, like you said, you've got people all the way down to Christian clubs, and everybody's there to kind of watch each other and keep each other in line. There's no, like, one club controlling everything, or, you know, like people like to make it out to be, yeah. Right. I, income is a righteous thing, and, you know, J.R. Reed, like you said, that, he, that was his original thing, his idea, and, uh, you know, that's a, a perfect example of a positive change coming to the MC world to help the MC world adapt when it has to adapt to change with the times. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And a lot of people don't understand uh, NCOM. They're the ones fighting for everybody's right. It just ain't motorcycle clubs, man. A lot of stuff that uh, bikers enjoy right now is because of NCOM. Uh, they're the ones that yeah. are fighting everything. Well, you know, just look at the MC uh, club color policy out of bars. Uh, <laughs> they're pulling people yeah. out of bars that are A-bait members and freaking hog members, man. It's just not regular motorcycle right. club members, so they're the ones out there fighting. They're also the ones out there that yeah. did the Save the Patch deal uh, when uh, the Mongols yeah. uh, were going through this stuff and they're still going through this stuff. So, yeah, what I always hate is other, you know, the bikers, they'll go out there and complain about NCOM, but, well, what are you doing? What are you doing for rights? You know, right. are you part of NCOM That's as right. a club member? Are you a part of ABATE? Are you part of MRF? 
So uh, to me, it's like, yeah, do you really have a place to bitch? <laughs> right, right. One that I uh, really respect and love, and I don't know what the organization he's with is uh, Double D. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Oh, Double he, uh, D, he is uh, with NCOC. Double D is one of the hardest working people that I ever heard of, man. Yeah. He's with MPP2, uh, Motorcycle Profiling Project, and he is in yeah. the thick of things, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, state by state, I love when I see a new state take up that uh, anti those anti-profiling laws. Awesome. Right. How you doing, Glenn? Hey, everybody in the chat room, I haven't uh, said hi to you guys in a while, so how you guys all doing there? I'm watching your chats and stuff, uh, but we're really into this conversation. Uh, the last state that uh, got that was uh, Idaho. Yeah. Yeah, so that's awesome. Double D, uh, A-Bait, all them out there working, man. The MPP is huge they're they got out they're out there working their asses off <laughs> absolutely and you know yep that's for, what i love to see yeah and for people out there talking crap man that's what i think that's what really bugs me that's why i got uh you know a sit down uh you know production video coming out with uh, the chicago coc uh, and I got the interview uh, coming up uh, with NCOM. That way, hopefully, things can be put straight out into the MC scene that, hey, these ain't the ones you should be fighting. Yeah. You know, what's your thoughts right. about how the modern-day biker is, man? There always used to be a line, and bikers didn't cross that line over to cops. Now it's like everybody runs to the freaking cops. Right, yeah. I mean... You know, it's it's hard to it's hard to tell who's who anymore as far as uh you know, who's righteous and who lives by that true old code. You know, it's uh if you live by that true old code nowadays it's like your friends are you, you can count them on your on one hand, you know what I mean? You're real people you can trust. Uh you know, today's uh modern biker that comes on you know when you look at like the old 1960s videos of the Hells Angels, for example, out in uh, California, San Bernardino, they were a bunch of, you know, 25 year old kids just like living as vagrants and just, you know, none of them had jobs really. And they, you know, were just having a ball. And you look at today's modern, uh, you know, MC member, and most of them are blue collar uh, business owners and, you know, with a family and kids in school and you know what i mean it's a completely different era um, oh yeah it is and yeah you know and and uh you know i that's why i have such great respect for uh the older guys in clubs i personally to me it's a treat to ever get you know to have a long conversation with a veteran member of a one percent club especially um oh exactly you know, yeah, man I, <laughs> I'm like a kid in the yeah, candy store. Like, I'll just sit there and on, just sit there and listen. It's like, you know, being a little kid. It's like right. you, they talk, you sit down and shut up. That's right. That's right. Yeah. There are righteous people in every generation, but personally, I just, I, I love the dudes from the old generation. I'll listen to them forever. Yeah. Well, the Vietnam generation, I think, was a, a generation that, I'm talking motorcycle culture. I'm not talking about wars and stuff like that because 
you know, World War II, that generation, it, it was the greatest generation. But Vietnam, that generation taught us how to rebel and taught us how to not trust the government, okay? But they also taught, right. taught us, right. you know, how to live. They taught us what it was to be a biker. And to get to sit down with one of them guys who went through the 60s, coming right out of Vietnam, or, or that generation is just mind-boggling, man. These kids nowadays, it's like, you wouldn't know <laughs> what to do to, with right. one of them. That's right. You know, and that's some of my greatest inspiration is when I hear from, you know, like uh, I spoke with like a 40-year Vago member the other day, and he told me, you know, right on, I love what you're doing, Miklo, and it's stuff like that that really inspires me to keep going and keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, you know, those, the opinion of those men is who counts the most to me. Right, right. None of these supporters, man. And that's uh, funny when I do the shows and stuff like that. You get the supporters running off at the mouth. It's like really. <laughs> anyway. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> and you'll get them too as your channel grows. You'll get the haters, man. Uh, you know, it just depends oh, yeah. on uh, what uh, is your uh, core audience and stuff. How they'll act. But, uh, you know, I really appreciate having you on, man. We went about 50 minutes with you. I got to get into uh, the other topics of the show, but it was awesome talking with you. And uh, I really hope your channel goes good. Uh, what's your channel? Uh, it's called Los Perros MC. Los uh, that's Perros? Our, it's our club channel. And it's, yeah. Rock and roll. Uh, it's our club channel. It's also my channel. Yeah. How about uh, your Facebook um, one, man? Our Facebook page is MC for Life. Uh, you can just type in the Facebook search bar, MC for Life, all caps. Rock uh, and roll. And we, we try to put out something every day, yeah. Well, what you should do, man, is uh, after you get off the phone, is jump on the chat room and uh, chat with everybody. Get your uh, channel out there on Facebook. For sure, yeah. Rock and Absolutely. roll, man. I thank you so much for having me on, man. Yeah. Never a problem, Miko. Yeah, go ahead and uh, check him out. He might be in the chat room talking to you guys, man, while I go and uh, do the next segment. But uh, really appreciate having you on, Miko. Yes, sir. Have a good one. You too, buddy. And that was Miko. We're going to take a quick uh, commercial break, and I'll be right back. Place. We're online 24-7-24-7. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Hollywood's Motorcycle Madhouse on Spotify and iTunes Radio. Okay, we're back, man. I better learn how to work this thing a lot better. I wanted to cover a couple upcoming events before we get into the next segment. May 30th at noon, a benefit for Zach Olson. He was a kid that passed away uh, from cancer. Man, I hate cancer, but when a kid happens, my God, Dad, that just breaks your heart. Uh, that's at 4910 Afton Road, Afton, Wisconsin, held by the Brothers in Chains. 
Also, July 2nd through the 4th, the A-Bait Freedom Run in Algona, Iowa. We had that interview uh, last week, and guys, go check it out. It's going to be a good one. And as I said earlier, the NCON convention is being rescheduled because of the virus apocalypse for August. Uh, I'll get the dates for you coming up on that. Uh, also, uh, production videos coming up. Uh, the COC, that's Chicago uh, Confederation of Clubs. Uh, fighting for your rights and dispelling the myths. Air date I will be announcing soon. And our upcoming interviews with the National Confederation of Clubs to put some of this crap that's out there. Freaking, uh, you know, get rid of it, man. Uh, a lot of stuff that they're talking about is BS. But uh, great crowd today in the chat room and the viewers. Don't forget, after we get off of here, this goes on Facebook as well. But uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about, because I get a lot of questions on this, is confidential informants, also known as rats. Uh, you know, I think rats and all that stuff are lower than chromos, if you ask me. And that's pretty damn low. Uh, but chromos, uh, not even to get into that. I had to get me booted off of YouTube. Anyway, let's get into confidential informants. You hear a lot about it, especially when it comes to biker news. Uh, you'll see it all. The, we're covering it all the time. When one guy gets clipped up, next thing you know, they're turning against the clubs. And you'll hear that a lot from these cop channels. They use these informants to freaking bash on motorcycle clubs, how it's not a real brotherhood, or this is how they treat somebody. This is why they turn to being a rat i actually did a story out of 81 colorado uh the other day where a guy turned freaking rat you know i presented both sides of the story you know the one guy said and there was pictures so there was stupidity on the club's part too by taking pictures but the guy you know he turned on the club gave the cops all he needed just to get out of a charge and i think that's one thing that really bugs the hell out of me is when people know the game and get busted at the game next thing you know they're running off at the damn mouth what kind of man does that what kind of honor is that i I don't know about you guys, but it just burns my ass. And I'm going to tell you why, and I'm going to give you a little personal story here. Uh, and I don't usually do this type of stuff, but when it comes to confidential informants, this has to be put out there. Uh, how can I say this? Uh, personal experience with this is my kid, my youngest kid. There was a 59-year-old uh, man messing around with his girlfriend and this is stuff that you know can be looked up here in chicago anyway my son decided that wasn't gonna happen and he started uh you know beating the hell out of the freaking guy well the guy ended up dead and uh there was other people involved but was sentenced 25 to 45 he didn't give up a damn person. Here it was, a 19-year-old kid. Yeah, he was taught well. He came up the same way I did. But uh, 
if a 19 year old kid can sit there and look at a 25 to 45 uh, year sentence not give up a damn person who was with them actually they all walked he's the one who took the fall uh, how could you even respect a guy who can't even take five years that is 30 40 years old I think that's the biggest cowardice crap I have ever heard of and when I was covering uh, the banditos thing uh, when they took down Pike and Pertillo you seen guys that were national sergeant at arms on a national board wet their pants and turn against Pike and Portillo, which actually got life in prison. And here are the guys, they enjoyed the patches, they enjoyed what came with the patches, but when it was time to stand up with their brothers during a RICO trial, they blinked. And I think that's one of the things that really bugs the hell out of me. And that's why I get an attitude when I cover them type of stories is because here a 19-year-old kid, again, face down 25 to 45, didn't even blink, didn't give up anybody. And, you know, now he's going to uh, some hardcore stuff, man. He probably end up in Pontiac at the freaking Thunderdome. But, you know, he took it like a man. And then you got these other ones out there not taking it like, man, they're a bunch of weasel cunts is what they are uh so it, i think that's another reason why i always promote writing clubs and social clubs or just joining a freaking uh joining the a motorcycle rights foundation because i know there probably be times when some of these people get in the clubs, they don't know what they're getting into. And I'm not saying clubs are all into that type of stuff. Say, hey, what happened to him? 19 years old, the guy uh, came up, you know, he's street, he's street to Chicago, beat the hell out of him. Next, you know, ends up dead. And, uh, you know, he don't take the rap. The, uh, the other guys don't uh, get uh, ratted out. He takes the rap and takes the time. But here you got nationals. That couldn't take the time. So I think that's one of the reason that uh, I don't play good with them type of deals. And that's why I present the news a little different. It's not anything against the club. You cannot put, you know, yeah, you could, I guess, because you got to do a lot more intelligence work. That's why it's a little different. You know, I always say clubs are not gangs. You know, yeah, I have to repeat what's in the news and stuff when I'm doing a news article because I can't change the wording. But motorcycle clubs are not on that level. And I get a little pushback from that. Oh, you know, clubs are big, bad. You know, some some of the gangs out there, bangers, man, they think a lot different and they do a lot more intelligence work on their people uh, to figure out who they are, who they're talking to. Uh, so you really can't blame the clubs because they're not geared up for that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, I bet half of them are surprised any time a freaking member gets taken down. Because most of the time, and you know, this is where the brotherhood might not really be brotherhood in this kind of instance, is a guy go out there, he does some stupid crap for himself, don't even give the club a cut. And he gets busted. 
And next thing you know, it it falls on the club, and most of the club guys don't even know what the hell's going on. You know, I don't call that brotherhood, man. I call it uh, living off the, the patch. But, you know, then I see people like the guys that are cops talking on uh, YouTube, and I will not give them any freaking uh, advertisement whatsoever. So don't you guys know who they are, but they'll come out there, talk so much crap, and then a guy from my generation is sitting there watching this. Then I'll look at the comments, and I'm saying, dude, you're lucky this ain't 80 or 90, dude, because like I said earlier, they'd be floating in a river, especially here in Chicago. If it was that time period, you're lucky it's changed with you going out there, spouting off this and that, especially when it's easy to track who down where you're at and all that stuff by an IP address off a freaking channel. It's real easy to track somebody. But they turn people against the clubs. They they It's like, you know, they twist that cork, man. And they just put so much BS in the people's heads against motorcycle clubs and it's funny people do not know the damn difference and i think you know i get a lot of new guys that say well you know that's the old times that's not the modern ages this ain't the 1990s well you know that's what a biker used to be it wasn't uh bikers going on the other side of the line hooking up with cop clubs and partying with them you know i mentioned before how the hell do you even party as a cop club, man? You can't have lines there to enjoy yourself. You can't have 420 there. Uh, what kind of party is that, man? They usually sit at wineries and stuff, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I just think it's hypocritical how they want to bastardize clubs when they're sitting there and trying to act like a club. But going back to confidential informants, here's a rule that uh, an old-timer gave me. For every three members, and remember this, every three members you got in that club, one of them's a snitch. One of them's a smitch, snitch, you can guarantee it. So, for every three, there's one. And I'm sorry to say that's the way it is, man. Uh, you know... Most the guys who get in trouble, they're only out for themselves. They don't believe in brotherhood. They don't believe in none of that stuff, man. So confidential informants are the lowest, the freaking low, lower than freaking chromos. Uh, I like to hear, you know, if you had freaking uh, any experiences with freaking, you know, hearing about rats around that were in yours. Why did they rat? You know, like the story we did in freaking Colorado, dude. The guy ratted. Uh, because his tattoo was taken off, you know, going into a club like that, you know, that's part of the deal, you know it. So, oh, well, you got your tattoo removed. It wasn't burned off. It wasn't cut off. It was tattooed black. And, but you give up your honor because of that. You go to the people that you hated how do you look at yourself in the mirror? How do you look at yourself as a man? I just don't get it. And I think that guy was in his 40s. So when you sit back and I look at it, I was like, damn, a 19-year-old kid, he did what was right, did what he was raised to do, and you cocks are out there running your mouth. D.
to get, what, you're running your mouth because you can't face five years in the joint? How ridiculous is that, man? Five years in a joint, if you're doing uh, day for day, you're out in two and a half years. Was it worth your honor? It's just like that guy down, uh, we covered the National Sergeant Arms who put Pike and Pertillo in the joint. Was it really worth your honor to give up somebody you call the brother? Because you were too afraid to take the punishment you first agreed to when joining. You knew what you were in. You knew what the consequences were. So, I guess that's what uh, really gets me with confidential informants. Uh, They're all over the place. And I think that's why in today's game, you can't do much. You can't do much unless you got your security up, I can tell you that. If you're not having freaking, you know, you have a circle, then you have an outside circle people don't know about to do the security tracking and stuff. Uh, then you, or you can hire PIs and stuff to follow them around. But today's day, you, you just can't get away with it, man. There's too much stuff going on. That's just like them schmucks down in Florida. And I'll never respect, uh, I don't care what you have to say. I'll never respect the 69ers. They can go freaking, uh, twirl. I know I'm supposed to be biker news and all that stuff and supposed to be freaking neutral, but them freaking idiots, uh, doing that Sons of Anarchy crap on their own bike. You know, you make freaking club members look bad. That's all I have to say on that stuff. That pulled right there was an idiot move. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, when I come back, let's see here, Hollywood and everyone, have a good night. I'm going to answer some questions here in the chat room real quick. Uh, the Fuzz has better drugs than any street gang thugs does. You know what? You got that right, Ghost. Uh, here in Chicago, they had the best stuff, man. They sell it out of the trunk, uh, the back of the, you know, box trucks and stuff like that. They're the worst, man. They're the worst. If you have to come to Chicago, or you know what? It's probably going in New York, too, uh, or L.A., they're just, they're worse than the criminals are, man. They just get uh, the you know they'll do the product. Next thing you know, they got their hands out for the tax that they're selling, and then they wonder why you know people got attitudes towards them. Like I said, it's not all cops, but you know, uh, how you? yeah, it's not all cops, but uh, there's a lot of them in Chicago that does. Uh, so you know, I'm just not gonna sit here and bash on. Uh, cops all day but you know watch who you watch on youtube when it comes to them channels and actually go through their comment section man it's funny you know seeing that stuff never talk on a phone about anything incriminating you know what uh james <laughs> people should know that that should have been known since uh the first cell phones came uh about but uh people are ignorant man even them thrill throwaway phones they can be tracked in a heartbeat gps anything they to throw trackers on your car you know the size of a freaking pin and that'll happen uh hell don't even have a phone with you you know what's funny the only time i'll have the cell phone on me now that you mentioned that is when i'm riding a motorcycle that's the only time other than that i don't I don't like having the damn thing on me. I just can't stand them. Uh, every story is different for everyone. A good sergeant, number 13, always gets the truth. Number 13, to protect the members and 
public and community in the families, Clark Road. Uh, let's see here. There was an actual SOA club in uh, New Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> who would want to name your club after that? But anyway, let me get into a little biker news before I uh, close out the show. We're running at an hour here. Uh, Moto America is rescheduling Road Atlanta round of the 2020 series. I love this series. Uh, the following press release, Motor America has announced that it has rescheduled the Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta Road of 2020 from April 17th through the 19th through July uh, 31st, August 2nd due to the ongoing coronavirus. And this one made me sad as hell. Everybody knows I'm a big race fan, you know, stock car racing and open wheel the Indianapolis 500 has been postponed from May 24th to August 23rd due to the pandemic that is going on right now. Uh, I think uh, the big red machine, uh, Vaca 400, not, a, not no reference to the club. The NASCAR one at the brick car yard will be held on the oval track. Uh, I got to get that uh, time. I wouldn't say uh, what's up with that, but uh, save the pink taco. There you are. Uh, Hick Life, CIs don't know how to look at the big picture. Club preservation is what it's about. Take care of your brothers and the club, and they're supposed to take care of you in return. I, You know what? I wish that was really the case, but again, the way people are in modern times, they don't know what that is, and that's why I laugh all the time when people say, hey, this ain't the 90s, this is the year 2020. I'd rather go back to the 90s, man. But uh, anyway, I really appreciate all you guys tuning in to Motorcycle Madhouse Live. We are on every Thursday live on uh, YouTube. Like I said, this goes on to Facebook uh, about an hour after that, and of course on Motorcycle Madhouse Radio. Motorcycle Madhouse Radios has episodes almost every day. We are on Spotify and iTunes, so don't forget to get us checked out over there. And Instagram, get on over there, guys, to our Instagram at Insane Throttle Biker News. I got stuff that's behind the scenes of Motorcycle Madhouse there. I have different videos that are over there that ain't on other platforms the whole nine yards so with that guys i appreciate you guys tuning in you guys be safe hunker down drink a lot of beer and especially smoke a lot of 420